Welcome to the Positively You podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Larson, and I'm passionate about helping you shift the way you think so you can create a life you're absolutely obsessed with. Each week, I'll be bringing you a guest or a thought that's going to help you feel more optimistic and equipped to take real action. Get ready to push past limiting beliefs, ditch that negativity, and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. Hey everybody, it's Jessie and I'm so excited to welcome you back to another episode of the Positively You podcast and to invite you to listen to this amazing episode that I had with my friend Elizabeth Dahl from the Woman of Wellness podcast. I had the opportunity to guest over on her show a couple of weeks ago and we had such a great time, we knew we wanted to have her over here as well. We have a fantastic conversation about what it means to live a lifestyle of wellness And it was just such a refreshing conversation that we were able to have about what it really means to shift your mindset into a place of wellness and to just really live from that, um, from that spot. And so I want to just dive right into the conversation, to the interview, because I know you're going to walk away with so many good takeaways. As I was editing the episode and listening to it after we had recorded, I text Elizabeth and I was like, there are so many gems and amazing takeaways from this episode. It was just full of so much goodness. I cannot wait for you to listen. So here we go. All right, welcome back to the podcast today. I am very excited to have our guest on today, Elizabeth Dahl um, from A Woman of Wellness. I actually had the pleasure of being on Elizabeth's podcast a couple of weeks ago, and so now we're doing a swap the other way around. So Elizabeth, welcome to the Positively You podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I absolutely loved our last conversation, and I know this one's even going to be better. Of course it is. Um, Do you want to give us a little info and background about who you are and what you do and what kind of lights you up inside? Yeah. Well, I am a women's exercise physiologist and wellness coach, and I specifically help women who are fed up with dieting, frustrated in their bodies, wanting to create change, make peace with food, love their bodies and find joy in wellness and exercise and movement and taking care of their bodies. And so that's really probably the thing that I'm most passionate about is helping women show up as their best selves and know that they are capable of meeting the needs of their own body. And it's unique for every woman. So that's really what I do. I have programs and coaching and all of that, where I help women just find their vision and achieve their vision of becoming a woman of wellness. That's amazing. And I'm here for all of it as you're naming the things. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Here for it. Um, Especially just, you know, becoming comfortable with yourself and leaning into that, that best and that healthiest version of yourself. So your podcast and your platform is a woman of wellness. What does that kind of mean to you to live in wellness and to be a woman of wellness? What is that What do you mean by that? Yeah. So probably the biggest thing for me is that wellness is a lifestyle. And so what I like to do is match my abilities, my wellness 
with the lifestyle that I want to live. For example, we both live near some big mountains and I love to trail run and get up in the mountains. And the way that I keep my wellness in check is knowing that I could walk out my door tomorrow and go up and trail run and hike and be capable of doing that. And so I truly believe in the message that you want your wellness to match the lifestyle that you want to live. If you want to be a runner, awesome. If you want to be a weightlifter <laughs> like Jesse, um, that's awesome. And, and let your lifestyle match that. Make it fit into your life rather than feeling like it's this extra thing or it's going to end soon or anything like that. I really like to think of how can I set my wellness up to match the lifestyle that I want to live. Yeah. And I love that so much because I think that we take something, you know, like wellness or dieting and nutrition and weight loss and, you know, all of the things that encompass that. And we make it harder. We overcomplicate it. We put all of these rules and expectations on ourselves, And I, I like the simplification of just how can I be well and healthy and enjoy my life and have it all kind of as this like supportive kind of flow instead of something that I'm like fighting for or fighting against. Like it just, even just saying those words, like it feels so much lighter to say like supporting me and in, in, in this versus like fighting and like, yeah. you know? And yeah. so that's something that I've been really working on the last couple of years as I've been, you know, pursuing my health more and pursuing my strength more. And I remember kind of, you know, after having my kids and then you look into getting my body back and losing my baby weight and all of these things. And there's 10,000 diets out there. There's a million and 10 different workout plans and which one is the right one and how am I going to do this? And I love the idea that there's not a right one or not a best way. And what would you say is, do you think there is a right way to be healthy and to be your best self? I do. And do you? I believe the right way is your way. <laughs> I really believe more than anything is the only right. You're the only one that can answer what the right way is. And I really have a unique perspective on goals because a lot of people have this vision that like, you should always be pushing hard and working toward goals and like checking things off the list. And I really, I think we forget about just lifestyle goals. How do I want to live my lifestyle and how do I want to match my habits to the lifestyle that I want to live? That's all it is. And when we are bombarded with social media and, you know, the health and wellness industry, everybody's telling us the way that it should be, or it's supposed to be. And so we have this vision of like, that's the lifestyle I'm supposed to live or what I'm supposed to do. And being a woman of wellness is actually coming to terms with the lifestyle that you want to live. And if that particular lifestyle doesn't fit your desire or your goals, that's okay. And it's about being okay with it. And then coming back to the drawing board and saying, well, what is, what does it look like for me to keep going with the things that I love to do. And I often have women ask me all the time, like, do I have to keep doing this? Do I have to keep doing this? And I, and I say, yes, you do. But does that, that has to mean that the habits and the goals that you've created, you want to keep doing them because they support the lifestyle that you want to live. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I'm thinking about, you know, the goals and things because 
running used to be, not used to, I'm sure it still is. But when I had my first and second kid, Ragnar, which is a relay race that we do here in Utah, I'm sure there's races everywhere, right? Or marathons or half marathons or whatever. It seemed like everyone and their dog was doing these races. And I was like, all right, well, I got to sign up for a race. I hate running. Like I'm not good at it. I hate it. I don't want to do it. And like, we were signing up for all these races and doing things. And I was, I was dreading it. I hated it. I was like, this is not for me. And then I found weightlifting and I was like, yes, this is my jam. And this is something that I feel, like you said, I feel supported. It's something that I can do consistently. And I think that that's the the thing is that we have to kind of almost put on these blinders a little bit and not be like, what is so-and-so doing? And how how did they lose all this weight? And how are they this fit or whatever? And being like, what do I like doing? And I, I think we need to do this with our entire life, but right now we're talking about wellness and about our health and really putting on those blinders and asking yourself those questions. Like, what do I actually want? I love that you brought that up. Yeah. You know, I've done Ragnar too. So I am a runner, but it's interesting because I don't do races really. I did Ragnar, same thing. I thought it'd be fun. I like to this day, my husband and I have the worst memories of Ragnar. It, you guys, this is TMI, but like, I never want to see another honey bucket toilet uh, porta potty in my life. <laughs> it was so bad. And like, he was the van driver. We had no sleep. It was awful. And I just remember like, we have really bad memories of something that other people loved. Right. And, and it was fun. And I also did a half marathon and it was cool. And I checked it off the list, but you know what? I, I don't really do races that much. I just run when it feels good to my body. And that's enough for me. And especially in high school and college, it was all about like getting your best time or, you know, like hitting a PR or something. And I've just found a space for me. That's like, I run when I want to, and it's peaceful and it it helps my physical health and it helps my mental health. And I don't, I don't push outside of my comfort. I guess I don't push in a way that is painful or, um, unsupportive, right? There's, it's important to have goals and we push toward things and all of that, but I don't do it just to like meet up with the norm. Yeah. And I love kind of what you mentioned with that. Um, it's okay to try things and it's okay to not have them be your jam. Like, I don't think you would look back in at your Ragnar experience and be like, Oh, we failed. And that was like, you have bad memories of it, but it wasn't like that you're putting yourself down because it like, Oh, I couldn't hack it or I couldn't do this. I think that's a huge difference between like, Oh, we tried something, maybe not my cup of tea. Let's try something else. And then I also love what you're saying too, about, about goals. I obviously think goals are incredibly important, but you can't always be pushing. Like right now I'm training for a powerlifting meet. I cannot do this type of training every single day for months and months and months. There's like an eight week buildup. And then we build back down because your body and your mind, frankly, can't handle that kind of like an intense thing. And I think that it's important to understand the difference between like lifestyle and then building up to a goal. And then what is kind of like a baseline that you can keep and be consistent for. Would you, would you agree with me? (laughs) Oh yeah. The power is in the consistency. In fact, what I'm going to say is the, the, key to long-term results, change, 
a wellness lifestyle is your ability to thrive in maintenance, right? So you're pushing for this goal and you're going to achieve this goal and you're going to do awesome. You're going to lift really heavy things and people are going to cheer you on and you're going to then return. You're going to return to kind of a maintenance state and then you'll go into onto another, you know, push goal or anything like that. But you know what? I feel like so many women don't know how to thrive in the maintenance. We either go on the diet, we work really, really hard, and then we don't know what to do when whole 30 is over or the, you know, the 30 days or the whatever number of days is over. We don't know what to do with that because we haven't learned how to thrive in maintenance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I see that all the time where you mentioned whole 30 or, you know, different challenges. Like I keep seeing this like 75 hard or whatever. That's this 75 day challenge and seeing people being like, I cannot wait until this is over. And in my head, I'm like, okay, well, what are you going to do when it's over? Like, are you just completely reverting back or like, is there, and I think you hit the nail on the head with that. It's figuring out that maintenance. And so I want to ask you, what can we do then to start living a wellness lifestyle? Because I know that, you know, we say that all the time. It's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. And then that can be overwhelming because then you're thinking that you have to follow these diet rules for your entire life. And you're like, well, crap. And so it's like, okay, what do I do then to get myself in that mindset of wellness and make this a lifestyle? How, how does that even work? If I'm not doing a diet, if I'm not on a timeline, what are the steps I need to take in order to get myself into a wellness lifestyle? Such a good question. And I think that's a question a lot of women struggle with of like, if I'm not on a diet, I'm going to be out of control. I'm going to be out of control of food. Or if I'm not following a certain protocol or a program, I'll just go off the rails or I won't do it or anything like that. And, um, this is what you, this is kind of the first place to start is it's okay to have goals and it's okay to kind of hold on to those goals. But sometimes some of those goals can feel really far away. Right. And so it's really hard to see like that far in the future. How am I going to get there with what I'm doing right now? And so I like to say, hold on to those goals, let them be, let them be there and then meet yourself where you are right now. And it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're starting with 10 minutes of exercise a day, it does not matter. But so often we're trying to meet ourselves three steps ahead of where we really are. So the first thing I would suggest is meet yourself where you are right now and then start asking yourself, what would it look like for me to get a little more in tune with my body, to start creating a friendship, a relationship with my body. And what does that look like? What does a movement or exercise relationship with my body look like where I am right now? What does a relationship with food look like where I am right now? Do I just need to start listening to my hunger and fullness and paying attention? You know, when we're in diet mode, we don't even, we don't even pay attention to our hunger and fullness. We're just told to eat this much on this day. And so we don't listen to our body. And that is my number one recommendation is in order for you to go anywhere, you have to learn, you have to begin to learn how to connect with your body so that you then know when you're ready to push, when you need a break, 
when like when this ebb and flow like how to manage that maintenance and that push and all of that if you don't have that relationship you're not going to get very far yeah so so what questions do you think you know it's so funny a lot of us are not in tune with ourselves we don't ask ourselves questions we just kind of live really surface level and just go through the motions day in and day out and I think if, if it's not something that you're used to doing, asking yourself questions and, and diving in and getting curious with yourself, that that can be kind of a tricky or just like a new, it feels uncomfortable. Kind of like when you start affirmations and you're like, I feel really dumb doing this. Yeah. Getting comfortable with yourself and understanding those questions is kind of hard. So do you have like, like a specific question that I can ask myself? Like if I'm someone that's just feeling completely lost and overwhelmed when it comes to this, like what? is the one first question that I can maybe start asking. Absolutely. And before I go into that, just remember change requires discomfort, right? And discomfort re allows growth. And so sometimes it does take some of that stepping back to say, okay, I'm willing to make the change. And that means I'm going to have to start asking some hard questions and asking myself some questions. So when I, I talk a lot about this with um, our relationship with food and intuitive eating and all of that, and one of the things that I think this could apply to anything when you're trying to get in tune with your body is when you're sitting down to eat, this is what I typically tell people when you're sitting down to eat and you're trying to get in tune with your relationship with food, ask yourself two questions. One, where am I at right now? So this can apply to nutrition or exercise, right? I'm just going to share a nutrition example. Where am I at right now? And you just check in with your body. Am I hungry for a meal? Am I hungry for a snack? Like, am I feeling tired? Like you are just taking one second to ask yourself, where am I at? And then ask yourself, where do I want to be? Where do I want to be when this meal is done? When this exercise session is over, where do I want to be? And then that gives you some parameters and guidelines to guide your choices. So you begin by saying, where am I at? Okay, I'm hungry for a meal. And when I'm done with this meal, I want to feel satisfied. And let's just say 80% full. So I don't want to feel overfull, but I want to feel 80% full. So then you, you, throughout that process, you ask yourself, where am I at right now? Where am I at right now? And when you feel those feelings of what you wanted to get to, you just stop and you move on and you say, hey, I listened to my body, it's awesome. It's very similar with exercise. Where am I at right now? You know, I had a rough night. My kids were up. I'm going to do some yoga because where I want to be is I want to feel a little bit more stress relief. And so you, you engage in action or the movement of yoga, right? Like yoga, I'm just pretending yoga is a good stress relief exercise. Um, you engage in that. And then the goal is that you feel the way you want to feel when you're done and you just listen to your body. So those are kind of the two guiding questions I would say, where am I at right now? And where do I want to be when I'm done? Yeah. Um, mic drop, like, <laughs> but for reals, like those, those questions are so good and relating to anything. Where am I? Where do I want to be? And I think with that, you mentioned, how do I want to feel? And I think that that's important because everything in life goes back to how we want to feel. Anything we do with anything, it comes back to that feeling. 
And so I, I think that that is a fantastic place to start and a, and a way that you can um, be able to kind of like reverse engineer from, from where you're at and then create a plan and find a way to just get started. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Okay. So finding joy in movement and exercise. I came from a place of when I, uh, let's see, was it after my second daughter? I only have one daughter, my second kid (laughs) (laughs) that like CrossFit and boot camp style trainings were all of the rage. And it was like, go, go, go until you puke. Like if you didn't puke, your workout didn't count kind of like intensity. And I've since had a shift more from punishing my body, right? Yeah. Hating myself into better physical health, all of these things, and shifting more into a place of moving out of joy and out of gratitude and out of appreciation. Um, I'm curious your take on finding joy in exercise and where that fits in. Absolutely. And, you know, I also, I agree. I think, I don't think we even knew the effects that would come as a result of like pushing our bodies so hard, but there's so many hormone things that come into play when we overdo it and wear our bodies out and all of that. But that was the culture, right? That was, that was what we did. That was, yeah. That was earn your you- shower, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or earn the cookie, right? Yeah. Like this, like <laughs> punishment thing and this, like, it's just such a lower vibe. Like, Ugh, <laughs> I just yeah. feel icky even like talking about it. And yeah, I don't think we realized like, I mean, it felt good because you felt like you had achieved something, but that you only were valuable if you did the thing and if you earned it. Absolutely. And so I guess the thing that I would kind of say to that is what, what is that punishment giving you? Like how, it, what is that in what way is that supporting your life? And you kind of have to ask like, where is this supporting my life? And what if I looked at it from the perspective of I move my body to show up in the way that I want to show up. So you want to show up in a way that you are a weightlifter. I don't even know the prep power lifter. Is that the right? Sure. I pick up heavy um, things. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say you lift heavy things all the time, but I was like, I should say the real thing. No, um, that's what I say too. <laughs> so you want to show up in that way, right? And that's what helps you show up. Maybe it like gets out some aggression. Maybe it like helps you with mental health too, right? And I like to show up by, you know, going, I try to get on a walk every single morning or like, I love to go trail running. I already shared that. And, and so that's one way that like exercise supports my lifestyle. And I truly believe this is something I used to always tell my clients every time we would get started, I would say, moving your body is going to make you feel better than anything else. Saying no to a cookie versus moving your body. If you're moving your body and you're getting some regular form of like some sort of strength training, it doesn't have to be traditional like powerlifting or anything like that, but anything that's going to kind of help work your body, you're going to change physically. You're going to change emotionally, mentally, all of these things. And you're going to feel better in your body than if you were just to say, I'm going to lose weight by only focusing on nutrition or, or create change or whatever. We don't have to create change, but I'm just saying 
when we use exercise as a tool to support the lifestyle that we want to live, it completely changes the way we approach it versus when we use it as a punishment. Because yes. then exercise is not is no longer a tool to support that lifestyle. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that that's honestly like the thing that I want to get across to everyone is that it it doesn't have to be awful. It doesn't have to be hard. Like every time I'm on, you know, Facebook or whatever, and I see a question about weight loss or a workout plan or whatever, and it's these intense and these crazy things, I literally want to like reach through the screen and shake somebody and just be like, no, it doesn't have to be a punishment. It shouldn't be a punishment. It should be supporting you to live the best and most positive life that you can. And I think that, you know, it doesn't, it's not sexy. It's not extreme. It's not, you know, these 30 day transformation before and afters that are shocking to the world or whatever. Like it's not those things, but those things are shocking because that's the point of them. But we're not trying to live these transformative 30 day lives. Like we want to live a long life that goes on that we live happy every single day and we're excited to show up. And so you kind of have to shift your mindset a little bit. And I'm curious what you do. Um, if you have any mindset shifts that you do or to get yourself kind of in that place, if you've kind of fallen off, cause I've done that too, where like, I'm pretty consistent and I stay pretty good, but then every now and then like a little thing creeps in. That's like, well, maybe if you, you know, cut out this, or if you did this, like what kind of things you can do mindset wise to get yourself back? Absolutely. And one of the things that I, I think is really important to point out is there's a difference between achievable goals and maintainable goals. So for example, like figure competitors, right? They reach an achievable goal, getting their body weight or their body, um, body fat down to a certain level they cannot long-term exist at that body fat. So they have to essentially recover and get their bodies to a um, maintainable body fat. And a lot of times we have this vision that like, if I just do this, it will drop the weight. But then we forget that those are the actions that cause the weight to drop. So if we wanted the weight to essentially stay off or keep going, we have to continue those actions. It's science. And it's important to recognize that so that you know that when the 30 days is over, it's not going back to that old lifestyle. We have to take that shift and say, what lifestyle is realistic for me to keep going? And the reason it doesn't get headlines is because it's not it's not the sexy way, right? It's not the glamorous way because it's the day in and the day out. It's showing up day in and day out. And people say, well, I don't want to do that day in and day out. And I say, your goals are too, too much then, or your habits are too much. We've got to match the lifestyle that you want to live. And yes, there are times you will have to step into discomfort to work towards some of those goals. And then there are other times where you just have to shift things. And I wanted to share, um, when you were talking about you know, the 
traditional weight loss method is all about like exercising harder and eating less. And last year I had a wild year and it really wasn't even because of COVID. It was just like super stressful in our family for some reason. I don't know. I don't even remember why, but like, I was just, I was like not resting. I was working all the time. I was not taking care of my body very well. And I could tell that like traditional exercise was wearing me out. I was having to take a nap in the middle of the day. And anyway, a few, uh, several different things transpired and I actually had to slow way down. I had to stop my traditional ways of exercise and I focused on yoga and stretching and meditation for months, months. I didn't do hard exercise and my body needed to recover. My hormones were out of whack. It just needed to, it needed some time to heal and recover. And here's what happened. I was able to lose some weight. I had some weight that I wanted to lose and it's okay. Weight loss is still a good goal. I still believe that it can be a good goal. And I was able to approach that without doing any hard, intense exercise because my body was set up in a way that it was ready to create some change because it had been healed. And so I really want people to recognize that it's not always about pushing harder that's what's the best for your body or the way that it's going to support it. When our bodies are in a healed position or a good position, pushing hard is awesome and great and we can and we can do those things, but recognize that it doesn't have to be this constant battle of pushing harder and harder and harder because sometimes in the slowing down, we speed up. And now my body is back and, and can do, you know, it, it recovers a lot better, but I had to learn to slow down so that then I could essentially get back to doing what I love doing. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think it comes back to what you were saying about, you know, being able to be in tune with yourself. And it's so funny how so many of these interviews that I do with people all around, there's like always like these common threads or these things that like, oh, that's these hook together. And I think it comes back to slowing down, being present and being aware with yourself because you can't know if you need to slow down, if you're just go, go, going, and you never kind of check in with yourself. And I think I, you know, I've had another conversation with another guest too about self-compassion and giving yourself grace. And I think that that's huge because there are times when you might think like, no, I should be able to keep doing this. And it's like, no, it's fine. And so really just being able to come at it from a mindset of how can I support myself so that I'm healthy and well all around. That if, if my mental health kind of needs a little bit more of a, of a kick, then, you know, my physical health right now, I mean, it's all going to connect, but knowing and being connected to yourself enough to be able to know when to push hard and when to slow down. And I really like what you mentioned about, then your goals are too big. I think especially when we do want to create change, it's like, all right, here we go. School year just started. My kids are in school. It now's the time. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And I bring this back all the time because it's such a simple example. And everyone who listens to me is going to be like, she's going to talk about her bed again, but I'm going to talk about making my bed again because it is, it's the one simple thing. Like, does that change my house and make it like this spotless, clean, 
runs super efficiently. Nothing is ever out of place. No, but it's like the one thing that I can always come back to and have that be like a baseline and that it's done. And I think it's the same thing with your health. Like you said, like I wasn't going hard. I wasn't doing any, like all these crazy things, but you were still doing something. Yeah. And I love that where it's just, what's like the smallest thing that I can consistently do. And like you've talked about, it's that it's in that maintenance and it's what you can do as a lifestyle. So I know that when we say it's a lifestyle, you know, you can get so super overwhelmed, but it's like, no, what's the smallest thing that you can maintain and then build from there. Yeah. And one of the things I'm glad that we brought this up today, cause I was having this conversation with myself this morning about how, <laughs> um, outward change or like a specific goal isn't the only measure of success. So I was kind of, I was having a conversation with myself about like my own business and and all that stuff. And, and this, this phrase, uh, this is like vulnerable and open to share, but this phrase kept coming in is like, money is not the only measurement of success. And I took a minute to write down all of the things that have happened in the last like six to eight months that have like helped me so much in my own personal development and in my business and everything like that. And I was like, oh my goodness, there has so much good has come. And I didn't see it because I was focusing like on a number or, you know, only one tiny snapshot of success. And I really think it's important that if you have a goal of a, a weight loss number or a size and you're having a hard time getting it, or it's the only thing, don't forget about all of those other measurements of success because those are super important. I think you hit it on the head with saying that there, success isn't linear. There's not one way to measure success. And I think that that is incredibly important when we're trying to live as our healthiest self is knowing that there's not this is your goal and your baseline, whatever, like that there's so many ways to measure. And I think it goes back to checking in with yourself and it's a constant thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. And like, I mean, it's science muscle weighs more than fat. Like you probably have built so much muscle on your body. You could take us all out. (laughs) Like that's a success right there. Right. But you know, like, cause we get so focused on these, like just things and it's, it's silly. And I think if you can measure in many, many different ways, success in your wellness, in your parenting, in your marriage, in, in any aspect of your life, right. That that's an important lesson to take away. So all right. Every love, every health exists at every size, every fitness level, every health still exists at every size. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. So I want to ask you one final thing and that's my goal is to live as a positive, happy, healthy person. How do you feel like when you're showing up and you're like, I feel good. I feel like I'm embodying all of those things. What does that like mean to you? When I meet the needs of my body, And that means physical, emotional, spiritual, all of the things. When I am meeting my own needs, I show up in my best way for myself and for my family and for the women I serve and all of that. 
And I think as women, we don't take care of ourselves first. And I'm here to flip the script on that. Take care of yourself first and ask yourself, what do you need? One of the things that's super, super important for me is that I am up well before my children in the morning. If I am not up early and they wake me up or they're, they walk out of the room right after I walk out of my room, it's, it's hard for me. And so I make a sacrifice to go to bed early and I make a sacrifice to wake up early. So I have that time and that space to start my day off. Right. Just like with your making your bed, it's kind of this, like, it's like something that you have to do You rely on it. You know, it's something that feels good to you to accomplish. And I think it's really important that we ask ourselves, what does it look like for me to feel accomplished in my life, in my health? And your definition is different than everyone else's. You don't have to be a seven figure CEO to feel accomplished in your life, but recognizing that you create your definition and then you craft your wellness to fit that lifestyle. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I am going to challenge you on something because I think Make language, <laughs> I no, not that. Oh. I think language is important. And you, you said, I make a sacrifice to go to bed earlier. And I think sacrifice is a word that we as moms, especially love to throw around because yeah. it makes us feel like, I don't know, noble or martyr or whatever. Instead of sacrifice, I'm going to challenge you to, sh- to shift that to I have a supportive like practice or something else where Perfect. the language is different because if it's sacrifice, right? It's like, I don't know. It just comes with this like, yeah. I sacrifice for you or what I, you know, and it's not that like I have yeah. supportive practices in place to help me reach the goals and support the lifestyle that helps me. Totally. Anyway, which is so total funny. side tangent. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what's so funny? Like I am a totally early to bed or early to rise. So that's a good point. Like it's not even a sacrifice for me, but my husband is like a night owl. He stays yeah. up until one or so in the morning. And so he's not a morning person. So it's, it, it, I'm glad that you said that because it really is about like just kind of meeting your needs. And, and if you, if you don't want to go to bed early, like nobody's t- yeah telling anyone to go to bed early if they, if they get more done at night or whatever, you know, but I love that you kind of brought that up. And it's funny you said that. Cause I was like, it's really not a sacrifice. In fact, yeah. I wish I could go to bed earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish yeah, I could no. make the sacrifice to get to bed earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, that's important. You mentioned like what you need, like everyone else doesn't need the same thing. They don't need the same morning routine. And so you figure out what you need and you yeah. put those practices and those supports in place to help you accomplish that. So yeah, bravo. Love it. All right. You've got some fun stuff going on right now. Um, I know that can support women in this path to wellness, your women's wellness hub. Um, I will link to every possible way that we can find you, but where is the best place to find you? If I'm like, yeah, I need more Elizabeth in my life. <laughs> That's a good question. Come hang out with me. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll tell you a couple of the programs that I have if people are like kind of trying to figure out how this fits into their life. Um, I have a food freedom program that helps women who are kind of stuck in the diet cycle and really want to heal their relationship with food and their body. Um, so that is the doors are actually opening in September. So I don't know when this will air, but um, and then I have the women's wellness hub for women that want to 
like show up continually that want support in working toward those goals and want support to keep showing up and keep putting in the work while it's still enjoyable and fun. So those are kind of like the two ways that I serve women. If you just want to hang out with me, I have a podcast, um, the woman of wellness podcast, which is probably my most favorite thing ever to do. And I know people love it. And then I also like to hang out on Um, do I like to hang out on Instagram? I hang out on Instagram. Instagram and I are like, you know, frenemies. Um, but I'm there and I'm active on there. And if you want to like get to know me, come say hello, message me at a woman of wellness. Awesome. I love it so much. And I'm so glad that we were able to have another conversation together. Um, the stuff that you are doing and your mission in life is making a huge difference. And I'm super glad that you're doing it and going, you know, out of your comfort zone and pushing for things and helping women along the way. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for hanging out with me again today. I'm so glad you pressed play. If you want to take a quick second to share this episode with someone you think would love it too, that would be amazing. If you're loving the show, make sure you go and leave a review on iTunes. Reviews are like magic for podcasts, and your review will help get this show into the ears of more amazing women just like you. And come find me over on Instagram. I'm there at positively.jessie, and I cannot wait to hang out with you some more. So until next time, have an amazing week.